0: Welcome to Dominion Sonship once again. Here we go. Life, 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 alive, 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 living of the living, alive. Glory be to God. I, I, um, I, I believe I started last week's message of, of heaven and not of earth from really an inspiration I received through my son. And, uh, yeah, I just, yeah. My mind's going everywhere, but through an inspiration I received from my son, uh, Boris, um, regarding the word that comes out in light of the many verses that we, we, we share, the verses that we put our eyes on, the verses that we read during these messages. And, and it comes because we have been in church for a long time and we have heard a lot of the verses and what happens is we have created a familiarity with the word and so Boris said mom when they hear all the verses coming out it sort of hits their head and they can check off the box I know that and they can finish off that verse and really not realize that at times we actually have camped out we have actually stopped in our track of growth, this forward race of Christ, this forward momentum of reckoning the old man dead. Behold, I'm a brand new creation. And so we we can be on. Park mode, still in not the right stillness, in an idle mode, not recognizing because in our head, we can finish off the verses or we can tie a few scriptures together and maybe even make a little message out of those. And so the importance of the meditation, the importance of the meditation of the word of God and to allow the word to be ever fresh, fresh alive in you, fresh and alive in you, fresh and alive in you. And for the word to be fresh and alive, it needs a new sight. And that is a sight of humility. That's why Jesus in Matthew says, Come to me, all you who are, what is it, The, the labor and a heavy laden. That he'll give us rest for our soul. Why? Because His way is humble. His way is meek. And we recognize and we know He is the Word. And so when I come, when I come to the Word, I come in a state of humility. I come in a moment of submission before a higher authority. Can I say, I so, I bow the knee of my heart in reverence to Him who is my Savior now, the Word of God that is saving my life. Peter talked about the saving of my soul the renewing of my mind so that I can be a greater expression of dominion life on earth so I can be a a a, a greater demonstrate of the very life of God of the very name of Jesus that that, that I be that I be so cognizant aware have become a living reality for him, a living epistle like Paul tells the Corinthians that I don't even have to utter his name. His, uh, his name is uttered through the manner of my life. Jesus. She is of Jesus. He is of Jesus. Just the way those Pharisees' religious minds perceived that Peter and and John were with Jesus. Through a manner of conversation. And these were not just mere words of mental ascent because the Pharisees were very familiar with mental ascent. And, and that's what they spoke regarding Jesus. How comes he speaks with such authority? Can I say authority is persuasion? Authority is a reality of knowing that is not of a carnal sense. It is a being, a state of, a state of cognizant that it's from above, that it's no longer, no longer what verse do I run to to get an answer from a moment. It is that verse is already placing me in him. That verse is already, I find myself placed in the confidence of Christ within me, the word of God. And so as as we're worshiping the Lord, before I put the camera on, I do have a title and I'll, I'll go to it. But right, actually, I'll, I'll tell you. The, the title is, uh, I've been on this theme. Well, the theme of my life, really the theme is Dominion. The theme is the love of God. The theme is the life of God. To be a demonstrator of who he really truly is. But going back to three weeks ago, we spoke on living stones and talked about being placed in the body of Christ. Talked about the um individual members, but one body. And, and to really place this reality of me being part of the body of Jesus. And then from there, we move to. Living stones was that. And then we move to of heaven, not of earth. Because what does it look like to be a living stone? It means that you're of heaven and not of earth. And Daniel talks about that stone not made with hands coming and crushing the systems of this world. We are of that stone, the body of Christ Christ. But within his within his body are members individually. Now, that's just not one of them. You, one of them. And so I'm a living stone that is of Him. I'm alive because of His life in me. I don't live independent of me. And really, He does not live independent of me. He has taken abode in me. And I have taken abode in Him, in His Word. Of heaven not of earth is what a living stone looks like. And now then this this morning, actually it was last night in the middle of the night, he woke me up. In the middle of the night, he woke me up, he woke me up with a couple of thoughts regarding today and the title and it was of God and not of man. I don't make these things up, by the way. I don't just go in a little room and wait for and make a bit of creative uh sentences. It's an unveiling of truth that he wants to show to me and through me. And so of heaven and not of earth is what we said living stones looks like. Of heaven, not of earth. My life is of heaven and thus I am the, of the heavenly man. My life is of his life and therefore I'm alive. And what that looks like is I am of God and not of man. I am of God and not of man. At that moment, I see the verses coming into a perfect divine alignment, which verse tells what I think of, that I'm not to know myself after the flesh, why? I'm not of man, I'm of God. My first and all and sole priority is not my family, it is God, why? Because I'm of God and not of man. Who takes care of the ones I love? of God and not of man. If I have entrusted those that I love and that which, which I believe is placed in my heart, in my life, if I've entrusted them to him, then what does the word say? He is faithful to keep that which I have entrusted to him. Why? Because now they are of God and not of me. I don't take the care of them. And if I do take the care of them, then they are of me. Do you see how a plumb line comes down? Of God and not of man. My relationships are of God and not of man. I do the cross amazing. I just realized the cross. No longer I, Paul says, live. But Christ. Why? What else does Paul say? That we a purchased possession by whom? Not by man, by God. Therefore we are of God and not of man. Of God and not of man. Right on the heels of Of heaven, not of earth. It's getting narrower now, isn't it? Because only the Christ man can walk that which is of God. How did we finish last week? At least one of the verses we looked at the very end. That flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Because flesh and blood of the natural man is corruptible, corrupted. And cannot inherit in corruption. Why? Now, because the kingdom of God is of God. It's his. And so that which is of man of corruption, it's not very deep, it's very practical. That which is of man is corruption. a strong demarcation our father has made in this hour how about thoughts of men versus of God and that really is where we'll be moving into in this message thoughts thoughts that are of God what produces God thoughts the word of God and that's why I have this Bible New King James, another, another, another New King James. I went through a season trying to find myself a Bible and I kept ordering. It wasn't the right one, kept ordering, returning. And I think on the 10th return, my husband and my, my son Mateus kind of gave up on me and said, yeah, no, Desi most likely would not have a Bible, uh, for a little while there. But, uh, shortly after that, the Lord wanted to stun them and astound them. It came this Bible and I, I, I I really, I knew it was my Bible. And, um, as, as I picked up the word and he led me to, to Paul's writing to the Corinthians when I picked up this Bible as I received it. One of the first readings that I did here was right here. And, and he brought out something to me. And that's why I still keep this Bible. It started kind of falling apart, the pages sticking at the end, but, um, It's still in good shape, just certain verses were not working, certain um, chunks of paper begin to come out. But in 1 Corinthians 1, hmm. let's see. Let's start at 26. How How about we do that? Of God and not of man. For you see your calling, brethren, for you see a calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh. Right? So we called not according to the flesh. Because if we were called according to the flesh, that the criteria for the calling would be not God's criteria, be the criteria of man, which would be a worldly wisdom. God firmly and solidly opposes worldly wisdom. That is the ultimate foolishness to God. That not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are cold. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. We are of God's choosing to put to shame the wise, not because we're wise of ourselves. And I, I find that to anyone cold with a calling. I even think of the five, the five fault callings of God, the the biggest moment of temptation will be to take your eyes off of this verse and to, uh, just because you quote some verses, to think you're really wise now. We are walking in the very wisdom of the word of God. He has become wisdom to us. And so he said, that God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise, and God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty and the base things, isn't that amazing? Those that are called of Him, the world will call weak and base and foolish. What a criteria. But what did what did um Samuel tell Jesse in the moment of the selection of David that God looks what? At the heart. Not the outer, outward, outward appearance. The base things of the world and the things which are despised. God has chosen and the things which are not the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are. And right here we can put in that that verse that we read. Let me see. It's in the Corinthians again. I'll just go to my regular Bible here. In Second Corinthians chapter 4. But we have, verse 7, this treasure. Which treasure? God, the Lord Jesus Christ, we have this treasure in earthen vessel, in a vessel that is despised, in a vessel that is not, in a vessel that is weak, in a vessel that is base. So that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. The excellence of the power may be of God to bring to nothing things that are. Do not ever lose that moment of reality. He is the excellence of the power. He is the one that brings to naught the things that are, that need to be brought low. You see, we are the vessels that he uses. An yielded, submitted vessel, which then in turn makes us a vessel of honor, a vessel of gold in his household. But it is him in us that does the work. It is of God, not of man. And see, if we don't have this, what I just put these two, uh, Paul's writing to the Corinthians chapter 1 and 2 together, uh, in terms of having at the forefront, then, then we can really go off thinking it's me. And actually, there was a season many years back. I, I, and I, those that would know me a little bit know the story when I got married to my husband. And I thought, okay, he was just a new believer. I was, I think, maybe two years born again. Oh, yeah, I thought I was very mature, very seasoned. I'm going to teach the Bible to my husband. Or just maybe I didn't say it so arrogantly, or maybe I did, but it was more, let's do Bible studies, honey. Let's do Bible studies, honey. And I always had this unveiling of the word. I I didn't at that time realize it was supernatural gifting. It was the Holy Spirit unveiling sight, the gift of revelation, the gift of wisdom. And so I'll read a verse and I'll see, I'll just like, like, I'll just plummet. And I'll try to explain to my husband, he, he said, I don't see it this way. After a while, I got so frustrated. I was like, what's wrong? What's wrong with you? How comes you're not getting it? See, that's what happens. I thought it was of me. Me so smart. Me so noble. Me, me, me so, so studied. Me so knowing the Bible. I just spend every single split second of the day reading the Bible. No, I don't. It's Revelation. And so this, this has been very, very powerful to me to keep me, again, the distinction between God and Desi. It is of God, but God now lives in Desi. But it's no longer I who live, but he who lives. That is a mystery to me still. The oneness, the oneness we have with him. I remember another moment, um... I have verses could be used next week or another time or maybe they were just for me. I remember another time and the blemish had come that, that, that was maliciously looking to, to me, um, on my skin and, um, uh, my dad, this goes many, many years, had been diagnosed with skin cancer, it was a pretty bad case of it, and the Lord supernaturally healed my dad of that. And so a couple of years after that, uh, healing of my father's, um, I had seen the very same blemish, uh, right here on my upper chest level, and, um, and I, I mean, it looked exactly like my, it just looked exactly. And I remember the first thought, of course, skin cancer. The next thought is that I mean, I wants to fortify a case. Um, it's not my normal way today, but that's okay. I feel I'm to share this. I um, the, cause this is, this is how we can discern of God versus of man. I'm of God and not of man. Actually, that's I see it, this is an example of how I had to use that. And um so first thought is skin cancer. It was just 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 ugly looking. And I um the second thought is, well, I do have my father's skin. My growing up, my mom was from the southern part of the country I was born in Europe dad was of the northern part, my dad was fair-skinned, mom was slightly darker-skinned, and um my brother had taken her complexion in a natural and I had taken dad's complexion. So my grandparents of my dad's side would say, you're fair-skinned like us, fair-skinned, you have your dad's skin. And so I grew up as a child, I have my dad's skin. It was kind of like a cute little thing. And, and so that was the second thought i have my father's skin i grew up in africa as well so the the third thought was well yeah i grew up in africa i i was on the beach burned up all the time and before i could have another fourth thought of satan i i I said no no i called my husband and we bound it we uh my husband said that has no right to you to your body and um that was it. I made a decision never to look at it again. And then the Lord took me through the Word, and I uh, just never put gaze back on that particular spot of my body. And um, I remember within a week, I don't know if it was three days, four days, five days, but it was within a week, I remember changing and putting on a shirt, and um my gaze just fell to where the spot was, and there was nothing. There was nothing. There was nothing there. And at that moment, the the voice of the Lord says, yes, because you have your father's skin. You are of God now. You have your father's skin. We are part of his body. We have our father's skin, our father's gaze, our father's understanding. That's why he said he chose the least so he would show himself through them fully. Because the least have no pretense. The least know they are the least. And then as, as, as I heard his voice, and I, I I realized the blemishes, there was nothing, nothing, nothing left. No, not even remember, nothing, nothing, not a speck. Um I said, Lord, you did it. You did it, Lord. He says, no, Desi, you did it. And in that moment, two things flashed was the agreement of prayer. My husband and I locked in position in terms of that moment when I called him up to tell him, of the blemish. And he said, there's, he's got that, that, that blemish has no right to your body. And we came in agreement, the prayer of agreement. We took authority against it. And the next thing he says, daughter, thy faith has made you whole. I to walk in the reality of the word of God from that prayer moment. And so what am I saying? We are of God. And which part is God? Which part is me? It's all him. But when we're in him, we're fully engaged with him. So he can look back to me and say what he said to the woman with the issue of blood. Daughter, thy faith has made you whole. And so faith is really the, the the can I say, the middle ground, the umbilical cord. Faith is where man, 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 man uh, enables God to demonstrate through man. Faith is the moment where he can fully display himself, the excellence of the power being of him and not of me. That's not even the verse I was going to read, by the way, that he spoke to me that day, but it's a good lesson. And so, so he said, if we go back to first Corinthians one and go to 28 to cue us up and the base thing that he, that we were called were chosen. He's chosen the foolish things. And then 28 says, and the base things of the world and the things which are despised God has chosen. And the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are continues right into 29. That no flesh should glory in his presence. That no flesh should glory in his presence. You see, if it's of man... If it's of me, then I can glory. But he says in his presence, no flesh will glory because the excellence of the power is of God and not of me. It is of God and not of me. Who who of him, uh, verse 30, this is it. Of him, this is what he spoke to me. Of him, you are in Christ Jesus. Of him, of God, I am. I am in Christ Jesus. This is God's doing that I'm part of the body of Christ. He said to me that morning when I read this verse, when I opened this Bible, my first read through in this Bible. Of Him you are in Christ Jesus. At that moment, He totally and fully separated me from the world. Of Him I am called. Of Him I am in Christ Jesus. So that no flesh were glory in His presence. Who became for us wisdom from God. That's why he chooses the not noble, the foolish things of the world, because he'll deposit a wisdom, his wisdom. And he became righteousness, sanctification, and redemption, that as it is written, he who glories, let him glory in the Lord. And then he spoke to me another verse from chapter 4. Let's go to chapter 4. Kilimanda. So, uh, but of him you are in Christ Jesus. And the next, next voice, um, amplification of, of, of him was right here in verse six, the, the end of it, but I'll read the beginning, of course. Now these things, brethren, I have figuratively transferred to myself and Apollos for your sake. That, this is it. That you may learn in us not to think beyond what is written. That none of you may be puffed up on behalf of one against the other. For who makes you differ from another? And what do you have that you did not receive? You see how sobering this is? Now, if you did indeed receive it, why do you boast as if you had not received it? So this is how my 2020 started. He gave me that in January the 15th, 2020. But of him, you are in Christ Jesus And the next moment is that you may learn in us, of course, through the writings of Paul, through the writings of, through the word of God, that you may learn in us not to think beyond what is written. I am in Christ and I do not have the false liberality and liberty and carnal sense of freedom to think outside of that which is written. No other thought. Every other thought. Carnal thought. Opposing thought. Arrogant thought. Uh, you're of your father, Desi, like your natural dad, and so you have skin cancer. Of course you have skin cancer. No, I don't. Because I'm of my heavenly father. And all I think is according to the word of God. That if he be for me, who can be against me? That of him now I am in Christ Jesus. I am of God and not of man. I am of God and not of man. And so then the sobriety comes in the Christian walk. Okay, let's go to, let's see, John, John one. The sobriety comes right here again, another layer. But what? I'm so thankful the Lord did it this way because these verses that I would have read would have been more on the familiar side and would have been, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you see, we need to get gotten a little bit checked in the beginning that it is of him, all of it from him. And we do not have a right really in Christ to think outside of the word. Well, we can make decisions to do so, but they'll be detrimental to our Christian walk because the word says whatever we sow to the flesh out of the flesh we read what corruption we read destruction but if we sow into the spirit which is the word of god because his word is spirit out of the spirit we reap what everlasting life and so and so uh first uh, john 1 i'm sorry john 1 verse chapter 1 uh, verse 12. But as many as received him, but as many as received him, this is what now has uh, enabled him to put me in the body of Christ because I received him. So this again is what's always the mystery that I'm always attaining to attain and to comprehend and to really still myself in. It is this moment which is his part and which is my part. And he says, Desi, Desi, it's about following me, not your part versus my part. Desi, <laughs> but we just like to know, okay, in this moment, what do I do versus him? No, 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 it's all him, of him, but we're to follow him. And so, for as many as received him, to them he gave the right. This is the right we have to become children of God to those who believe in His name, who are born not of blood, right? Because we know why we had to be born again. Because the natural blood that we were born of, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but we're born of God. Because that which is of, of the blood of man, of the will of the flesh and the will of man, Cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Hey you, 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 and I've I've done the same. Come around circles and and we start giving the family lineage. And we, you know, so identify (laughs) with flesh. I'm always like Desi. Realign your gaze. You are of God. Because he, if you go back to 13, for as many as received him, right, 12 says he, he gave the right to become children of God. Who believe in his name, verse 13, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Born of God. And isn't it amazing that the very next verse goes into the word became flesh? You now, why? Because the word gave us life. Another teaching. Another teaching. Yeah. Um. So from here, let's go to John six twenty-seven. We were in John six before. Twenty-seven. I believe a couple of weeks ago I read this verse. So because we are born of God, we are born again. We are of him now in the body of Christ. And we are to think within that which is written. So the word will become flesh in us. So here we go to John 6, 27. These are the words of Jesus. Do not labor for the food which perishes but for the food which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you because God the Father has set His seal on Him. And so because we are born again, our manner of life, that which we labor, that how we live life now, now, now becomes very distinct and separate from the way of the world. We are now to labor for that which gives life. We are now to live according to his way, the way of the word, right? And I want to look that in the Passion Translation chapter I'll actually read uh, verse 26 in the Passion and and move to 27. Jesus replied, let me make this very clear. You came looking for me. Listen to this. You came looking for me because I fed you by a miracle. (laughs) Not because you believe in me. Not because you believe in me. But Because I fed you. I satisfied your flesh belly. And it was miraculous. You have to work for it. Freebie. We all like a freebie. Flesh likes a freebie. Look what comes right after that. Now, I'm going to read them back to back together to not disturb the flow. Let me make this very clear. You came... You came looking for me because I fed you by a miracle, not because you believed in me. Why would you strive for food that is perishable and not be passionate to seek the food of eternal life, which never spoils, which never spoils? I, the Son of Man, am ready to give you what matters most for God the Father has destined me for this purpose, to be the living bread. That when we eat of the living bread, if we turn over to verse 57, the same chapter, I look, I'll read from the Passion Translation. The Father of life sent me, Jesus said. The Father of life sent me, and he is my life. I can spend days and just right there. The father of life sent me. I'm of God. The father of life sent me. He is my life. What? Oh, my dear. It's so wide open. The father of life sent me. He is my life. You see, we are sent by life unto life. Life sends us. We are just like Jesus of the Father of life who has sent us now in the world and elsewhere Jesus says, as the Father has sent me, so send I you out. He's my life. In the same way, the one who feeds upon me, I will become his life. So the one that feeds upon Him, upon the living bread, that's the context of John 6 in this moment, from the living bread, which is, of course, the word of God, then He, Jesus, will become our life. And that more abundant, we can add from elsewhere that Jesus writes about that. But this, the Father of life sent me, goes back to what I read about the calling of God. That God has called us, He's chosen us. He didn't choose the, the 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 wonderful outside appearance. So why why is there such an emphasis on external appearance? More like the braiding of the hair, the adorning of the adorning of jewelry. Now I have my hair pulled back, and I do have jewelry. But what He's saying is, don't make that be the emphasis of your life. Feed on the bread of the word. So the life of the word will be your life. And from this life, you're sent into the world to be a life-giving spirit, right? Tying to last week's message. Let's go to John 5 about the manner of life. And I was thinking about this, what Larry Ornell spoke to us about. Lifestyle Christianity, This is really what we're talking about, is this lifestyle Christianity. It is a life that is from above. It is a life that is of God. It is a life that is sent by God to minister life to the world. In John 5.39, you search the scripture. So, we're, so we just read about laboring. We just He said, you, the only reason you're coming to me because you saw the miracles, you don't really believe in me. I fed you by a miracle. But it says now you labor for that which, which, which doesn't perish, for that which doesn't spoil, for the labor really. What can I say? I can, I can put Hebrews here in, in uh, Hebrews chapter four that we're to, to labor to enter into the rest of the Word of God. This is our life. This is lifestyle Christianity. We're to labor to enter into the Word, into the rest of the Word of God. We're to, to come to those that have labored into the ways of the world for everything that perishes and soils and, and is corruptible. We are now to come to Him, the living Word, and to Enter into this narrow gate to not think beyond that which is written. So we can taste of life and he become my life. Verse 39, there's a correction here to the Pharisees. You search the scriptures for in them you think you have eternal life. And these are they which testify of me. Life is standing before them. But in their religious mind, they are searching through scripture, the very word that is demonstrating him, the one that is before them. And they do not see him. That is a deception of a religious mind. The thoughts, the thoughts of man, the human reasoning. The outer, the, the outer appearings, the long ropes sitting at the, at the head of the table. He said, I am before you. These are they which testify of me, but you are not willing to come to me that you may have life. That's what we read here right in in John is it 6 what was it 57 that I read as the living father sent me i live because of the father so he who feeds on me will live because of me he who feeds well to be to feed on something you have to come and partake of it and they refused the religious mind refuses to submit to life He says, but you are not willing to come to me that you may have life. And here in verse 41 and 42 is the key why that happens. Why an obstinate heart? Why a religious mindset? Here's the because. Jesus says, I do not receive honor from men. But I know you that you do not have the love of God in you. It is a lack of unveiled understanding of the love of God. That God so loved me that He died for me. That God so loved me That in the foolishness and in the hell-bound ways I was stuck in and I enjoyed. He came and rescued me. So I I now, now be a vessel of His. An earthen vessel of His. But the excellence is of God. It is the love of God in me that enables me to be partaker of divine nature, that enables me to eat of his word. Can we fathom this? Can we understand it? But I know you, you do not have the love of God in you. He just said that in light of, I'm standing before you, eat, eat of me. So you may have life. No. 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 You're just Jesus, the carpenter's son. No. With Moses. The law of Moses. He said, if you don't believe Moses, the, the, how would you believe me? The words of Moses will con- con- convict you. Actually, he writes that in. Um, let's continue. We'll get to that moment, too. But I know you do not have the love of God in you. Again. The love of God, not the love of man. What did they have in their hearts? I want to keep to the title here. What do they have in their hearts? They honored man. Jesus I do not receive honor from man, but I know you. Meaning, Meaning that he knows they want the honor from man. He will say that further down. We can look at that verse as well. And so when you... No, you're of God. You're after the, you're after the honor of God and the honor of God looks like knowing the love of God. (laughs) Let's continue. I have come in my father's name and you do not receive me. If another comes in his own name, him you receive. How can you believe who receive honor from one another? How can you believe? He said. How can you believe me? How can you come and eat of me? How can you come and uh, to meet so you may have life? If you, if you want, receive honor from one another. Good job. Good job. And not seek the honor that comes from the only God. The only honor that comes from, this, from the living God is what he talked about. is honoring his word. It's honoring his life. It's being a partaker of his life. That of him I am in Christ Jesus. That not to think anything outside of that which is written. Look at verse 45. Do not think that I shall accuse you to the Father. There is one who accuses you, Moses, in whom you trust. For if you believed Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote about me. Isn't that what he said? In verse 39, you search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, and here I am right in front of you. He says, Moses wrote of me, I'm right here. If you believe Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote about me. But if you did not believe his writing, how will you believe my words? And, um, Let's go to 12. We've been wanting to go to John 12 for a little moment here. Maybe I'll read that and we'll wrap it up and continue. After. 42. So not only did they stay away from the only word that gives life, so they may have life. But they hindered others. A religious mindset would hinder even others from entering into this glorious reality of truth and life that Jesus is to us. Nevertheless, even among the rulers, many believed in him. But because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him lest they should be put out of the synagogue. Verse 43, For they loved the praise of man more than the praise of God. I have read this verse over and over and over for myself with a heart of prayer and humility before my God. Lord, let me not love the praise of man more than the praise of God. Lord, let me not be so man-minded and lose sight of you, Lord. Lord, let me live life with solely seeing you, lest I see man and I start inclining of what man says. And lose the very life that you've placed me in, Lord. And I want to finish Because this is what pleases him. In verse 23 of that chapter. I read the New King James, the Passion after. Jesus answered them saying, The hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. This is what pleases the Heavenly Father. Take note of how this glorification happens, by the way. Most assuredly, just in case we do not... Connect the two together. Says the hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. He who loves his life will lose it. And he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. And that's the humility that we're talking about. When you come sober-minded, realizing that he chose you not because you are noble. He chose you not because you were so smart. He chose you not because you were so well-esteemed in the world. You are rejected in the world. If anyone serves me, let him follow me. And where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves him, serves me. Him, my Father, will honor. This is the honor we're after. The honor that we have is the Father's honor. And the Father's honor is bestowed on the one that serves the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the living word. And so what does it look like to serve the word? I incline my ear. I think, I do not think of anything outside of that which is written. That's too t- intense as it is because a kernel of grain has to fall in the ground and die. Otherwise, it's just so little you, 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 you selfish, selfish, selfish little me. I'll read in the Passion. Actually, Dana Wernell read this to me and it really impacted me. I just wanted to honor her for reading this passage to me the other day. Now is the time for the Son of Man to be glorified. Let me make this clear. A single grain of wheat will never be more than a single grain of wheat unless it drops into the ground and dies. Because then it sprouts and produces a great harvest of wheat. Why? Oh, because one grain died. One grain made the right decision. That, of course, is referring to the Lord Jesus Christ, his hour of glorification. The person who loves his life and pampers himself will miss true life. That's how the Pharisees missed it. But the one who detaches his life, I love it, detaches his life from this world and abundance himself to me will find true life and enjoy it forever. And we know through the cross that world is detached from us. But we make decisions in compliance to what he's done. We detach ourselves from the world. If you want to be my disciple, follow me and you'll go where I'm going. And if you truly follow me as my disciple, the Father will show his favor upon your life. Amen. Amen. This is what it looks like to be of God and not of man. We are done for this day.